think editorializing on interesting facts is sort of like the gist of it. What does factual even mean anyway? I mean, it certainly means different things to different people. I hit record. Okay, I hit record. I did it. It's welcome to feature creep. Colon. colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. A short. Short. Com- uh, that, comma. That, ga- that adventure game called Quest Round 2. Um, yeah. Well, trip report, right? Um, trip report. Yeah, trip report. So uh, some friends of mine and I, we played the uh, we played that game called quest and it's a so you can get it at adventure.game and we talked a little bit about it before but if you're just listening to this one it's it's a role-playing game like a tabletop role-playing game like in the vein of D. it's sort of fantasy based um it's really cute it's got it's it's a really like gentle introduction to role-playing games um compared to like dungeons and dragons and other other games of their ilk because because it doesn't have it has a really clear rule set that's pretty simplified um the book itself is about 130 pages but the rules sorry the rules what a new player would need to read is about 20 pages and some of those pages are full color graphics so there's no reading and the ones that you are reading on are like these really sparse two column like photo or picture beautiful drawing on one side and then short easy to understand sentences on the right or the left depending but it's just really well laid out it's really pretty you can see most of it online for free again at adventure.game um so we played this game last night and it was really fun we played um so typically in role playing games you have someone who plays like the game master or the guide and um well the game master and then in in quest they refer to that role as the guide and then everyone else plays player characters so you create a character for this in world fantasy experience um and so we played the game and it works really really well it's got uh this really simplified um they use one dice or one die which is the 20 sided die and they refer to that as sort of the fate, like that's the fates, right? So if you're rolling the okay. die, you're just letting fate decide how the, what the outcome is. And Got then it. they have this um, really basic uh, table of how how to interpret what the number is that you rolled. So you roll a 20-sided die, and if you roll a one, then it's a um, catastrophic failure. If you roll... Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so it's we're number one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you roll a twenty, it's it's an extremely successful. It's like the best success, right? So, um, and then in between, it's got these great like the table's great. So, at one is a catastrophic failure where the the person who is um, leaving their action to fate would then have some major setback depending on the scale of the of the event, <coughs> right? So, okay. For instance, if the um, if the party was trying <coughs> to say scale the castle walls at night, and yes. they would roll to see how successful they were at climbing up this rock face or this stone wall face, right? And so then a catastrophic failure might be that the player fell to the ground and broke their leg, right, or something like catastrophic that's a major setback to their goals as a party. Um, yeah. But if you roll, uh, if you roll a two to five, it's just a um, just a pedestrian fail. It's just a pedestrian fail. Just a normal level of failure. I was just thinking, I love how I start with failure instead of like, you're too amazing. <laughs> like, you know, 
How how <laughs> yeah. pessimistic asshole am I? Yeah. So two to five is a failure where um you might you would lose uh you would have some setback like you fell all the way to the ground and you took some damage or your a piece of equipment broke or the rope that you were using snapped in two and you fell back but otherwise are unharmed. Um, so then you have kind of what my favorite one is. So if you roll a value between six and 10, you're faced with a tough choice. And so the game, the guide gives you the choice. So they would say, you can choose how your story, how your negative outcome is going to be. You can either have the rope break and it falls to the ground and you start over, but now you don't have a rope or you can successfully, you know, leap to that ledge to hold yourself. But in the process, lose your sword, drop your sword to the ground or something like some kind of trade-off where it's like they're both negative, but you, the player, make this tough choice between two negative decisions. Um, and that worked really amazingly well. It's actually a really fun game mechanic because you're telling the story and then the players get to make a, a decision about how the story, how the outcomes are, even in the negative context. Um, yeah, that's cool. That yeah. is nice. Yeah, it is nice. And so then finally, uh, 11 to 19 is like, yep, you did the thing that you wanted to do. And 20 is like, triumph, you did the thing you wanted to do and more. And so the the examples in the book are like the, the guide would then add some extra thing. Like if you were attacking a monster, you would do double damage. Or if you were you know trying to open a safe, you might find an extra treasure in the safe or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so that 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 is it for dice. That's it for the dice and the the mechanic of the game is basically that. Everything else is set up in this really great way. Like you create your characters, they have these um these uh like Mad Lib style character sheets where you pick like what you're wearing and you make decisions about what you look like and what you believe in and what you're interested in and what role you are and all of these things. Oh, um, so there's like a little guide to that. It's not just like Yeah. Haphazard. So it's really structured and yet it's really loose and everything is written in a way to encourage you to to enjoy the games of role playing and it talks about like mm-hmm. the best of role playing and the way that it's like here's here's the best way to get the most out of this don't worry this so much so cool. about the numbers think more about the role and the experience you want to have and how to ex- you know convey that yeah sorry you're mm-hmm. going to ask a question mm-hmm. um so how does that differ from like dungeons and dragons for example cuz i think people have like these really elaborate characters that they create for that right yeah so dungeons and dragons has <laughs> Um, a much more detailed rule set that attempts to um, really give lots of different scenarios. And um, for instance, like climbing a wall, like in way back in the day in original Dungeons and Dragons or kind of early versions of it, it would have table, like lookup tables and, um, and dice tables where it's like, what's the outcome of me trying to climb a wall? And it'd be like, okay, well, what modifiers do you have about your character? Like, does it have, you know, does your character have dexterity or strength and what bonuses and values? And there's a lot of more calculation that goes into um, basically manually running like these these sort of game mechanics where there's a lot of there's a lot more nuance to it. Um, it differentiates your characters a lot more. So like your character might have a lower dexterity <laughs> score than mine. 
and or <laughs> vice versa. Like you might have a higher dexterity score, and so your climbing the wall would be much more easier. You're more likely to be successful at climbing the wall than I am, right? Whereas in this game quest, we both had the same odds. Like we're both rolling a d20, and we're you know seeing the outcome. Um, mm -hmm. It's also left more up to the guide to create the nuance. Like the guide might decide it's like, oh, you're the athletic ranger type as you described your character. And I'm going to give your, if you have a failure, your, your penalty is lower. Your setbacks are lower because you're more likely to have recovered from it easier. Or if you're, um, your tough choice might be not as difficult. Whereas if I'm the kind of like bumbling magician who can barely like hold on to, you know, his cup of tea, let alone like climb a wall, then right. the guide might be like, okay, yeah, like you, you know, your tough choice is much more like, do you loot, like spill all of your, you know, contents of your backpack on the floor first before you even get on the wall, like that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, whereas in Dungeons and Dragons, there's this really massive expanded rule set. There's a lot more, um, I, I would say I it's would divide super it. complicated. Yeah. The, right? the, well, it's it's been simplified a lot since the early days. The early days, it was like very very um, kind of off the cuff thinking about stuff. Like I've got some of the original books I was looking through the other day, and they've got um, a lot of times a particular like for instance, I was looking at this <laughs> monster manual, which is so D and D has the core rule books have for many many years. Not the original set was a little different, but. Um, once it kind of got into advanced Dungeons and Dragons and the, the sort of first and second editions, the core rule set was divided between three books. There was t typically a player's handbook, a game, um, a dungeon master's guide. So they have the player's handbook, dungeon master's guide, and the monster manual. And the monster <laughs> manual is sort of a listing of all of the creatures one might encounter in the game. I, lo I love the idea of a monster manual. Yeah, it's really fantastic. I actually had been thinking about how um, you and I might want to do that as one of our books is just something that's a, you know, the guide yeah. to FCBM's guide to monsters or something. Um, That'd be great. Yeah. So the monster manual uh, lists statistics and, um, and information about monsters. And so they're currently they're in fifth edition. And so fifth edition has um, a very unified feel to it. The rule set is much more streamlined. It's designed to make combat go more smoothly. Uh, early days of Dungeons and Dragons was like, as I remember it, spending most of your time creating a new character. Then as soon as you got into combat, spending most of your time in that single <clears throat> combat for that session. And now five hours later, you've you've created a character and you've had a bar fight and that's it and you have no idea about the rest of the story yet because um because it takes so long to run through all the mechanics of it right if you're mm -hmm. rolling a lot of dice mm -hmm. and you're doing a lot of calculations and you're waiting for someone to come up with the numbers to decide if if a thing was even successful um that's a little hyperbolic like you can obviously you can streamline it as you get better at it, but not knowing the rules is part of the problem, right? So if you have a lot of players that don't know the rules and you're spending more time looking up the rules than you are playing the game. Um, so later editions, fifth edition now has streamlined a lot of that. It's made a lot of the mechanics very similar. Um, so typically you're kind of, 
you have your sheet of your character sheet with your statistics and it's like if you're trying to do something some action you already typically know or it's real easy for me to tell you it's like oh you're just going to look up this value on there and then roll a 20-sided die and add that value mm -hmm. to it and tell me what the number is and i'll tell you if you were successful um so they've really moved away from the like the deep complications um but uh, it's yeah. yeah like for me i think I can appreciate games that have a lot of complicated mechanics, but I also like games that I don't want that to get in the way of the narrative thread. Yes, right. And I think um, I think Quest is perfect for that. It's really exactly takes that um, takes that concept and really tries to push it forward. Where it's like there's room for um, the nuance and the um, the lore and all of the other things that come with a more complicated game like Dungeons and Dragons, but um, on the surface or on the face of it, it's really easy to introduce new people to the game and have them play it and not have a complicated, um, like, so we were playing last night and a couple of my players were really overthinking because they were thinking they were coming from a place of having played Dungeons and Dragons where they were kept asking like, well, what's the rule for this or that? Or how do we, you know, what if I want to do this? And I was like, okay, like we'll get into the swing of it. But, um, there are no, like, the rules are that you just state the action you want to do, and then I will attempt to make it fair and yeah. reasonable, and then we move forward. We move the story forward. The whole point is moving the story forward as much as possible. Um, cool. Yeah. So these are, they're more, these games are like, Quest is a, a storytelling game primarily. Yes. Yeah. It's a cooperative and, storytelling game. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's pretty great in the sense that the characters that you build have room for, they have room for growth. There's a mechanism for growing. There's advancement. There are abilities that they have that are special abilities that you can use in the game. So it has that um, like real, like it, on the face of it, when I started reading it, I was like, this is going to be too open-ended, but it's really yeah. not. It's a really gentle guide through the process of role-playing. And you could, um, the cool thing about it is like you really wouldn't have to even have a particularly imaginative day to have a fun time playing this game because they have Aww. they have enough hand holding that when it comes time to think of a creative thing that needs to happen like you know where are the characters when they start the game what what are the challenges they're facing the guide mm -hmm. has a ton of or the the manual has a bunch of examples and ways to mix and match and create a very custom um experience without ever having to actually like come up with your own idea if you don't want to it has these yeah. like lists where it's like oh now you choose um for instance when you're creating your character um it has like i was talking about this sort of mad lib style um this sort of Mad Lib style form where you basically, it's basically just a page that looks like Mad Libs. It says, hello, my name is blank. I am blank years old and stand blank tall. And so you just fill those in. And if you don't want to make up your own, they have tables of values that would be perfectly acceptable. And so you can just go through and create whatever character you want. Yeah. And then for the adventure, if you're, if you're playing as a guide, as I did, so my job was to um, create the world. You set, have set people up to succeed. Yeah, there's a sheet that's the world profile that's setting the big scene, and it starts with your story begins blank a blank from the blank, and then you fill it in with like your story begins in the frontier town of Wendros, a rough and tumble region. 
I, like I'm reading right from the manual, just picking the first thing. Um, yeah. And then it goes on, like from the towering summit of Mount Luna to the ice-capped peaks in the West. Like all of these things are already there and they have these wonderful examples and you can mix and match them or you can think of your own, like you could change things um, however you want once you kind of get into it. Um, and then you're just kind of off and they even have these like a bunch of examples called the adventure hook, which is the thing that gets people into the game right so at the end of that long description of the world where the characters are um you can choose an adventure hook and i chose one that was um it's called the date and its description is like basically the adventure hook is that the party's hotel concierge delivers an urgent letter addressed to them that just arrived and the letter has no sender only a date and time printed on it three days from Ah. now and so yeah and so like that's kind of like you're already as a game guy, like as the guide, I don't have to do anything. I've already told the characters, I'm like, this is where you are. This is what's happening. And oh no, this thing just happened. Now what do you do? And then right. their job is to, um, you know, ask questions and be like, okay, well, I'm in the hotel. What's it like? And then I would describe some hotel scene and then, and we went from there. And so that was the game that we were playing last night and everybody had a really good time. Um, they started out in this hotel. They um, they kind of questioned the concierge for a while about who delivered the letter, and they didn't we didn't find out satisfactorily who delivered the letter. So they went to the bar where they met this groom, uh, uh, this this group of uh, raucous gnomes who were um, there trying to overthrow the government. And so they enlisted the party to adventure down into the cellar of the um, inn where they knew there was a magic book that they were trying to get. And so they went down into the inn and that's where we left it as they collected the magic book. And, and then they fought a giant spider and some uh, like an, a clay golem and some other things. And so um, it's, it's all like, really really easy to do and move through so i really i can't recommend this game enough but anyway so trip report we had a really (laughs) good time um it was pretty great because we started with um no one really knowing the rules and very few people had even really read the book we just kind of started that evening and been like i was like here here's the pdf have a look through it like this is what we're doing and i walked people through it and you know an hour later we kind of had everybody was ready to get into the game and we got into the game and away we went so that's ox- excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was excellent. O- ox, excellent, awesome, was- awesome, lint. awesome, and excellent at the same time. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> uh, how long does it take to play a round of the game, or or do, um, is every time you play a start and stop? You can do in a larger part of a game, or is it you kind of like button things up every time you play well you can do um so in tabletop role-playing games um if you do a one shot that's what that's where it's basically like you start and stop the entire story in one evening or like one session um so you can do one shots or you can do longer campaigns where you continue so we decided we're going to continue the campaign next time um, so like next it was Thursday. so much fun you don't want to stop yeah exactly um yeah and i would say um i would say once you so the first time you probably want to have about four hours but um once you have uh once you have characters created and people are a little bit familiar with playing the game you could easily play one or two hour sessions and really probably have a great time 
Um, oh, that's that makes it a manageable game as well. So yeah. not only is it fun and you don't have to, there's not a huge learning curve associated with it. Right. You can dive into it and you can get a sense of closure yeah. for the storytelling. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. They have um, on their website, they talk more in the realm of three to four hours, which I think is a, is reasonable, especially for the first time. And also um, probably reasonable once you get into it because it is pretty fun. And so, mm. like, having that time is great. Um, but they also, um, I think they're also kind of gearing it towards, originally this game was written in pre-COVID times, and so the goal of it is to, like, sit around the same table, right? And so, three or four hours in an evening of drinks and your friends, like, sitting around a table is way more palatable than, you know, three or four hours sitting in front of a, a Zoom call or a video call, right? Oh, for sure. So, um yeah, but I think we we actually adventure time. I think the actual in-game adventure time we probably only played for maybe an hour and a half um, of like the storytelling. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Um, and like I said, the sort of character creation took longer because we had um, friends were kind of like filtering into the the um, the video call. So it took you know we were kind of like stopping and then getting them on board, and eventually everybody got there. Um, there were lots of debates about what characters should be which is perfectly fine and part of the game from my point of view. Um, yeah. Like, do people argue with each other about each other's qualities? Yeah, like, they'd be like, well, if I'm going to take this magic item, then you shouldn't take that one, and then we can have, you know, like... Because the goal is to create a party that works together. Um, yeah, and it's cooperative. Right? Yeah, it's cooperative. And I it generally the way I... When I play the role of guide or game master or DM, like, I try to... Um, encourage my players to play whatever they want and if everybody plays the same character then we'll just have an adventure that revolves around that same role and not mm -hmm. like in traditional dungeons and dragons and adventure games and this game is no exception um there's these roles that are set up that are kind of designed to like create a cohesive team where everybody has some particular unique skill that's useful that no one else has um, yeah and you gotta be well-rounded yeah and and that's um i think that's typically pretty fun when that works but it's not fun when um when there's one role that like everybody wants to be and no one else wants to do the other support roles um this game seems to be well thought out in that sense they've got your they've got your kind of like your classic archetypes like your fighter and your ranger and your magician um mm. or wizard but then they actually they've they've broken it out into eight so they have a fighter an invoker a ranger a naturalist a doctor a spy a magician and a wizard and um everybody has abilities that play to that strength and uh -huh. so um as you read about them you see that like everybody has their own kind of magic and everybody has their own kind of thing that they can do. Um, like mm -hmm. the magician is much more of like an illusionist, whereas the, um, the wizard is much more um, about like, like more arcane magic, right? Like traveling between worlds and, and that kind of thing. Um, whereas the, the invoker is someone who is, is does magic as well, but they're more about conjuring um 
protective shield spells and combative like you know damaging spells and things like that yeah. so everybody kind of has their own thing um and uh, can everybody cast spells or is it only people whose characters can cast spells well, that can cast spells everybody so the wizard has their own everybody has what's called abilities and so um when you like in a generic way you're um it's not spells or not it's not spells or not spells it's just abilities um for instance like the naturalist okay. has the ability to uh take on the form of an animal and you could argue that's a kind of spell or um is it yeah like a magic power yeah that's that's cool so okay and yeah. like the doctor can do sleep can like put people to sleep which is a kind of spell but you know it just depends on how you how you use it in the um in the context of the game but then, yeah. you know, like the spy, for instance, has um, the ability called Silver Tongue, where they can kind of um, coerce people into things, or um, they have things like sneak attack or poison. And these are all abilities that in the game you could describe as magical or non magical. And so yes. um, everybody just has sort of a set of abilities they can do. The magician's kind of the same thing. Um, I think from a spell's point of view, the magician has something called magic tricks, which actually okay. when you look at that that ability, they can kind of it's this is the nice thing about their spell system in this regard. Like Dungeons and Dragons has a very particular prescribed spell set. Like there's a massive section in the player's manual or in the player's yeah. handbook that basically talks about each spell and what it does. Um and they're divided up <coughs> into schools. Whereas this has much more like, you know, as the magician if you have the ability magic tricks, you can do one of these sort of four things. You can do a light effect, a sound effect, a smell effect, or a touch effect. And okay. so you would basically say, I'm doing a magic trick. And then you would just talk about in game. Like, so last night, um, the magician and the party, they, they were down in the um, cellar, in the dungeonous cellar of the inn looking for this book and um there were only torches at the very beginning and they forgot to take torches with them and as they walked off into the darkness i was like well now you're standing in darkness and then the magician's like actually i can create a source of light with my magic trick and so that was uh -huh. you know so that's kind of the um you know the the nature of it um so yeah. uh, you are required as the like sort of guide to all of this or the narrator or whatever to have a big picture sort of view of the storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. So it's my job to have a um, to basically play the rest of the world. So the characters jobs are mm -hmm. to play their characters um, or the players jobs are, is to play the characters and the guide's job is to play the rest of the world. So I would play all of the non-player characters like the barkeep or the um the innkeeper or sure or the monsters that they fight in the dungeons um also to describe the dungeons and say where they are and basically i'm there to give consequence to the player's actions right so the players make sure. decisions about taking actions and then i give them the consequences of those actions so um i find it uh it's it's pretty reward it's like all parts of playing a game like this are pretty rewarding because you kind of end up like hanging out with your friends and telling bad jokes and setting up weird situations and mm -hmm. um yeah and having arguments <clears throat> over things that have no have no real world consequences <laughs> which is kind of nice in a time like this where you're just like oh man everything is so intense um 
It can be a good outlet for lots of like strong emotions about things that don't carry high risk or consequences with them. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. So anyway, that's the trip report. Um, I, it went really well, and we had a good time. And I highly recommend it if you're listening to this. It's definitely worth um, worth at least a a quick glance. I think you can read most of how the game works right on their website. Like they don't really. And that's adventure dot game. Right? Yeah, adventure dot game. Yep. Okay, so adventure dot game for quest, um, and the. It sounds like a really fun game just because it it doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of policing each other about what's appropriate in the game or what follows the rules like you might end up with in other games that are role-playing or that have a very strict canonical uh, um, <sighs> reference. Yeah, they have a yeah, canonical up. reference set. There's a lot of... Um, and especially in the world of D&D, there, there are kinds of... Um, right there are definitely all kinds of players and how they approach the game. And, um, and as I play with older people, I can tell that there are people that I play with now who were like that, but as they Mm -hmm. got older, they've realized that, um, that's not as fun. And so they, (laughs) they're, they've backed off and they're much more like, like they're perfectly happy to, if I'm playing the dungeon master, they're perfectly happy to allow me to make the rulings. And, um, and we have actually have a great relationship because if you want to, if your goal is to try and play the game and follow the rules, then it's always nice to have somebody who has an encyclopedic knowledge of the rules because then they can help out and be like, Hey, you know, actually I think the way that that mechanic works is like this. And I can be like, great. Is everybody on the same page that we're going to follow that mechanic? Great. Then that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. And so it's because I, as I get older um, and the people I play with, we're less attached to like winning in that sense. Yes. Like winning yeah. is actually just telling a good story, even if that is that your character just has a major mishap. Um, because it's still a good story, right? A good story, right. like a boring story is that your character is amazing and superhero and does everything and kills all the bad guys and wins all the trophies and gets all the gold. And no, you know, there wasn't much adversity because they always win. Um, yeah. So. I like what they say at the quest game site, adventure.game. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> slash about dash quest. Welcome. This is a special place. Quest is a retreat from your worries and obligations. It's a chance to sit down with your friends and spend quality time with each other. Together, you'll go on a thrilling journey in a fantastic world of your shared imagination. The rules of the game help you tell a story that's totally unique. No two games are the same, and the possibilities are endless. This game is easy to learn, and you only need a few things to get started. Some friends, a pen, some paper, and a 20-sided die, and the game book. When you gather to play Quest, you'll learn how to tell a story that you won't forget. If you and your friends have a good time, you might even continue the story for years to come. And then Dicebreaker says, Quest has a good shot at becoming the definitive RPG for, for first-time players. And I I like games that are collaborative games. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm an extremely competitive person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, to the degree that nobody will ever play Monopoly with me anymore because I just crush people. Uh-huh. Um, but I also enjoy good storytelling, and so this sounds like a game that I could play without having to smash everybody else in the game. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Um, it's it's fun too. Uh, tabletop role playing games are are great in the freedom. A really good tabletop role playing game has just enough rules to 
give a really good structure to hang things on um, right, without yes, feeling yes. it all restrictive or in the way. And this game, I think, does a really good job of that. Um, it facilitates storytelling as yes. opposed to yep. polices it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, That's great. That's super cool. I, I just reading the website makes me want to play the game because it's just like, here it is. It's just really straightforward. You can, it's so accessible and that makes it sound really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely really fun. Um, Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, well, um, if you have thoughts about this or you have other games that you think we should play and review or, um, I mean, not that that's necessarily what we do, but we like playing things and doing things and checking things out. So anyway, if you have thoughts, uh, email Dana, our executive assistant, and that's D-A-N-A at FCBM.io. So Dana at FCBM.io. Send her a message. She'll get you sorted out, get you in touch with us or whoever you're looking for at our great wide organization that is Feature Creep. Building microwave. Yeah, I don't know. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That's it. All right. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for telling all of us about your cool game. Yeah. And uh, offering us something to do. Channel your impotent <clears throat> political rage into some magic spells. Yeah. Instead. I have actually, I could read the, um, maybe this would be fun before we go. Hold on. Let me pull up the. Yes. Um, more fun. More also, fun. I, I want to just take this opportunity to encourage people to bring cake to whatever thing you're doing next. And for most of the things that you do after that, we need more cake. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> more, more cake. Um, more just cake makes everything better. Just lots of cake. So this was the, this was the quest world profile that we played last night and I'll just read it straight through. Um, okay. Remember that this is, this is sort of a Mad Libs kind of style fill in, um, but you can see how well it works. So, uh, Your story begins where the three rivers meet, a wild land plagued by beasts. From the ice-capped peaks in the west to the sunken city of Alceris, you'll find a brewing revolution. In this world, magic is outlawed. Danger is everywhere, and daily life is brutish and difficult. It's a lot like we imagine another four years of Trump will be like. People here are hopeful that revolution will succeed, but a plague is spreading. And so that's... It, that part where I was saying about um, the Trump. It's reference. like now, but better. Yeah, it's like now, but better. <laughs> um, you have this opportunity to, um, in their Mad Libs, they, they suggest that you choose like a story or a book in popular media that you, that everyone might know about to use as a reference for setting the scene. Like you can say, you know, sure. it's, it's a lot like, this thing that we all know, right? So you could like yes. set a scene and be like, this is a lot like Mad Max or this is a lot like Star Wars or just to give people a sense of like the world that they're in, right? <laughs> if um, it's like Star Wars, I'm not playing. <laughs> if it's like Star Wars, I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, only because I that wouldn't be true. I would totally play it, but I would begrudgingly play because I'm just so over at Star Wars. Uh-huh, Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe. I've been immersed in Star Wars for all forty odd years of my life. I'm oh yeah, that's I'm, a lot. I'm done with I'm done with the woods. Done with the woods. Moving on, something new. Um. Anyway, okay. Please continue. Yeah. Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? No, go. No, I was just gonna say, please, please finish your thought. Oh no, no, that's it. That's it. Um. That was right. the so that was our world profile, and then we we took off from there. And as I said, we started in a hotel with a ominous letter with no sender addressed, just a 
just a date and a time three days from now. It's a good thing it didn't explode when you opened it or the whole game would be over before you even got started. (laughs) The whole point of this game was there was a letter bomb, period. Maybe we need to do a podcast where it's like the alternate endings to movies where it's like the very beginning. If things had gone differently in the beginning, the movie would have been over before it started. Oh man, yes. Just take the like remove the con the central conflict from movies that give them their tension. Yes. Then like, you know, <laughs> yes. it, it completely obliterate any chance for resolution because there was never a problem to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Like Sleepless in Seattle, they hate each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. Or like I don't know why I thought of Sleepless in Seattle particularly, because I haven't seen that movie in like decades <laughs> yeah i don't know but that one stands out though doesn't it yeah or like romeo and juliet are actually like brother and sister so they can't have a romance and it doesn't matter anyway uh-huh yeah they're like they're step siblings who hate each other right <laughs> um <laughs> all of the great like the great epic stories of time are all just just right just ruined yeah um like somebody makes it all the way to the Minotaur at the center of the labyrinth only to find out that he's not a monster. He just is really bad with directions and <laughs> is really glad to see you when you get there. Right. Whew. So hoping somebody was sent in search and rescue. The rest of the story is them just chatting about mundane shit while they follow the string right. back out of the labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody thinks because I have a cow head, I enjoy being outside for long periods of time, but it's actually not true at all. Right. (laughs) I don't wander around because I'm a cow. I wander around because I'm lost. (laughs) Like, uh, this is a good idea. We should write this down. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you for telling me about your fun game. I just love games. Yeah. I love... I think I need to do a puzzle sometime soon, but I haven't decided what work surface in my house I should set up like a 5,000 piece puzzle <laughs> on for the next three months. Get a, um, get, get a puzzle mat so you can roll it up when you're, when you're in between sessions. What? Is that a thing? Yeah. It's like a big kind of felt mat. And so you oh. can put all the pieces on there and then when you're done, you can just roll it all up and it's just right where you left it. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Exactly. That's cool. I had one uh, some time ago that was really neat. It was a really, really, really busy, highly detailed underwater scene on a coral reef. Oh, cool. And it was a a painting, so it was like more busy than actual biological uh, balance would support in nature. But, um, you know, it had like, and probably animals that would never appear in the same place at the same time together. Sure. But- regardless of that it was really beautiful and really neat and i never did finish it and i'm not sure what happened to it oh well yeah all i can say is get a puzzle mat that's where you should start on that project all right i like this idea all right well fabulous okay this is great i hope everybody enjoys playing quest yeah go play it go play your family and friends thanks play it with people you don't hate right play with people you don't hate exactly (laughs) awesome awesome okay All all right Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.